Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Well, tonight I'm going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And the last time I taught, we uh, finished chapter 2. We talked about uh, godly wisdom and uh, versus worldly wisdom. Spoke, spoke about the different ways Paul teaches and how he uses God's wisdom in his teachings. Um, as we begin chapter 3, we're going to be looking about how Paul deals with the weak believers and how to avoid, again, the worldly wisdom. As we go to chapter 3, verse 1, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as, a, as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. So, in this verse, the Apostle Paul is addressing the readers as brethren, a term he used to refer to other Christians. Then goes on and describes them as carnal. So, my question is, can Christians be carnal? Well, let's uh, first look at definition of carnal. Well, carnal comes from the Greek word, Archikos, which means fleshy. The Bible says no one is sinless, as you see in John, 1 John 1 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So every time we sin, we are acting carnally. important to understand that we as Christians for a time can be carnal, but true Christians will not remain carnal. Some have taken it too far by saying that it's possible for people to come to faith in Christ and then live the rest of their lives completely carnal manner with no evidence of being born again or being a new creation. That's completely unbiblical. Uh, in James 2, it says that genuine faith will always result in good works. And Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So Christians for a time, if they go through tribulations and 
hard times may seem cardinal, yes, but true Christians will not remain that way. Continuing on verse 2, it says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. So Christians were not living up to where they're supposed to be. Even though they feel like they're ready to go deeper and to learn more things, they're still being taught by Paul the basic things. They have to work up to that. They have to prove that they could leave the worldly stuff behind and look to the Christ for all things. It's like uh, even with baby Leah, she's starting to really eyeball a lot of human foods, but she's not ready for human foods. We, no matter how much she stares at everything on the plate, she has to work up to that. And as and as believers, we have to, we start off with the milk of the word, like a baby. And as we become more mature in the word, we get to, to taste the real meat of the word. And that's how we grow and become more closer to, to the Lord. When we get that good meat of the word, like, like a nice beef wellington. Sorry, I got sidetracked. Anybody have beef wellington? It is phenomenal stuff when it's cooked properly. So just a little tip for those guys that never had it, you should try to get it. So that's what Paul is looking for, these believers, to become more mature in their walk. As we all should try to strive for in our daily walk. Continuing on verse 3, says, for you are still cardinal, for there, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal in behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and other, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Corinthian Christians thought of themselves as spiritual and spiritually mature. But all the things mentioned here, envy, strife, division, shows that that's clearly not the case. The problem they had was all the human relationships that they had, they can't even get that right. So how could they be ready for a relationship with the Lord. It was evident of the fleshy way of thinking and living. And finishing in the last part of three, when he says, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? He's not 
Paul's not saying a dig at them because they're men, but Christians have a higher standard than living like the rest of the world. And if you say you're spiritual and you you should walk in the spirit, otherwise you're a part of the world. And if you want to be a good witness to people, you have to continue to live godly and not of the world. Continuing um, in 5, Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believe as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither who, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. So they were there to bring Jesus to the people, to spread, spread the word of who he is. And they taught them about Jesus. They are through whom you believed, it says here. So Jesus used them to share the gospel. It says Paul planted, Apollos watered, but only God, if they believe, through him, will they really grow. We have to think about that. It's like... Um, when we take the youth group out to the park on the, in the summer over here in Janesburg, we meet people, we um, give them information about the church, give them water, snacks, and we play ball with them. The Lord uses us just to plant the seed and then they go on their way, but we don't know in their hearts. Only God knows what gets stirred up there when we hand those things out. They may come, may take a while to come, but all we could do at that time is just plant the seed and hope that they take the material and and start to pray, start to pray and and get Christ in their heart and. He will do the rest. He always does the rest. And he never steers anybody wrong once they start really believing in him. Verse 8. Now he who plants and he who waters are one and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, and you are God's building. So as we said before, with all the divisions and the strife, and Paul reminds them that they need to work together as a team and not be divided. 
all the vision that happens here shouldn't and shouldn't happen. And everyone will get their reward at the end, even though that they work as a team, everyone receives their own reward. God gave us a, an amazing opportunity to work with him. And we should take every opportunity to, to be obedient to him in what he's called us to do. We all know we can't work, nothing could work or do anything without him. And God wants to see us as his working partner to bring people closer to him. It's just a pretty awesome thing to think about that God could have his work done and to know that he wants us to be a part of it is just an amazing thing. It's very... Uh, It's very exciting to know that he uses every one of us in a certain way to bring his word to, to everybody and to share his, his good news. It's still, uh, it's, a, it's still a little surprising and shocking that he uses me, but I uh, am obedient to that. And... Uh, it's just a blessing to come up here and and share with you guys. Verse, um, verse 10. According to the grace of God, which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and other and other builds on it but let each one take heed how he builds on it for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid which is Jesus Paul knew Paul knew he couldn't do what he was doing in Corinth without God's grace and when Paul founded the church back in Acts 18, he said the only foundation that he could lay and the person and work of Jesus Christ. Yet he knew that others, just by that little foundation, will come and build around that foundation. Because there's only one foundation in the church. If it's founded on Jesus Christ, there's, there's no other way to, to go. So, so one can build on any other foundation. It can only be built on the foundation of, of the Lord. Continuing on now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw. Each one's work 
will become clear for the day where we'll declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on on it endures, he will receive a reward. But if if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Now if anyone builds the foundation with gold, silver, or precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it. When God God will test everyone's work and when God tests that workmanship it's it's a real passage here about the application to Christian leaders and that's what Paul's talking about here but it's about it's about all servants of God it's about everyone it's about everyone serving him and extending his love to everyone around them and being a good example and witnesses it doesn't just uh, stop in these walls it has to extend outside Verse 16, it says, Do not know, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which which temple you are. So we are all as a church or temples and later on in Corinthians Paul's gonna speak more about that and as a church the Spirit of God dwells in us he lives in us and the next part here is important if anyone defiles the temple of God God will destroy him for the temple of God is holy God's temple is, is, is the church, and he takes it very seriously how we treat the church, and because it's, it's holy, and he wants it to be used for his purpose. So we have to take the time to just keep keep everything on the uh, in working order, and we have to uh, make sure that this place is used for His glory all the time. Eighteen says, "Let no one deceive yourself." himself if anyone among you seems to be wise 
in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of, the, of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are fruitful. Of course, the Corinthians considered themselves wise in this age. That is one of their problems. Their love of the worldly wisdom. Paul asked them to leave all the worldly wisdom behind, even if it means they'll be called a fool. If that doesn't, if that doesn't happen, then you'll remain where you are and you will never truly become wise in the ways of the Lord. God has evaluated the wisdom of the world as we covered in chapter 2 and he considers it to be foolish. He considers it to be ungodly as we all should know that the the ways of the world is far from godly. We have to uh, always keep that in our hearts that the Lord is the only way to uh, to really get through these times that we're seeing outside. Finishing up uh, chapter 3. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, are all yours. And you are Christ, and Christ is God. So how often do you put the glory in man? We're more excited about being of the world than being of things of God. I see it way too often. We value the gifts and honors of man more than the gifts and honors of God. It's like that picture that was shown on Sunday about all the cars at the mall. Because um, when we are in Christ, everything now and forever and even after death is ours when we spend it with him in eternity. And that happens when we become more mature in the Lord and we continue to seek him and get into his word every day. I have to look at myself a lot and see how really spiritually mature I am. And I always have to uh, get back on track every now and then just to continue to 
follow what he's called me to do. And the question that I have right now to close is how spiritually mature are all of you? That's something that you could uh, think about and pray about as we leave here tonight. Let's pray. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m., and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages, in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.